Hey everyone, Jeremiah here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's How I Roll. We're doing things a little different today, trying some new things out for the show, so that's why you're getting the rundown before the opening theme song. Here's what you're looking at for today. We're going to take a look at the word on the street, and I'm doing something different with that too, so stay tuned for that. And I'm doing a drive-by review of Spy Club from Foxtrot Games, so stay tuned for that as well. Plus that and more, and (laughs) words are things I say. Let's go. It's time for That's How I Roll. Buckle up. It's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. (laughs) Well, sometimes you get the rehearsed version of the show, and sometimes you get what just happened before the theme there. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. I am Jeremiah Isley, and this is That's How I Roll, and I'm so glad you're here. This is episode 96 If you've been listening for a little while, you know that we're on the march towards 100. I've got some things I'm working on for a special 100th episode, including my favorite thing to do, giving things away. So yeah, we're going to do some contests. But before we even get to show 100 here, over on Board Games Daily, uh, we are going to be hitting show number 200. And we've got a contest that you can find out about by listening to the latest episode of Board Games Daily. So we'll be giving away a game over there for that contest as well. So that's pretty awesome. Check that out. It's part of our Game Night Cage Fight segment. So give it a listen. Why don't you? Tower of Madness. The latest from Smirk and Dagger Games. Will you discover what lies beneath unspeakable horror, slip into insanity, or bring about the end of the world? A three-dimensional clock tower stands 15 inches tall, filled with marbles. 30 otherworldly tentacles push through the tower walls in every direction in this high-tension dice game of Lovecraft-inspired horror. Win your very own copy of Tower of Madness. Head over to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon for full contest rules and how you can enter to win. I'm going to just jump right in here and we're going to head to the word on the street. And as I said in the cold open, we are uh, we're doing something a little different here. So I've been really kind of thinking over kind of the format of the show. I know, you know, hey, we're only like 96 episodes in. Maybe we should think about this thing. But you know, if you've been listening for a while, that I'm always tweaking, always kind of reconfiguring things and trying to make it the best that it can be, right? I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to just say, well, here's the show format and we just kind of do this every week and that's that. I really like to be uh, proactive and sort of let this thing grow organically and shape and shift and evolve. So that brings us to the word on the street. It also brings us to the real talk segment. So what I'm going to do is 
I'm kind of, I don't know that I'm doing away with the real talk segment, but it's just going to kind of be morphed into the word on the street. So a lot of times when I bring you a word on the street, it's things about my life. It's things about kind of like kind of me catching up with you for the last week, like games I've played, things that are going on personally and with my family or work or whatever. And then I talk about real talk and it's usually something that is a topic that came out of stuff that's been happening this last week, right? So why are we having two segments on basically the same set of events? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of smash those together and see what happens and how that comes out. But uh, so let's, let's jump into that. The word on the street this week is, uh, man, <laughs> doing some dirty work. Uh, so first of all, let me talk a little bit about some of the games that I've been able to play. Uh, really, I, I, I hoped to get more games on the table over the weekend. We had a lot of time home as a family, but that also meant like, hey, all these projects that we've been trying to get done that have been neglected for months and months now. Let's do some of those. So we did some of that. I did do some gaming with the boys and it turns out Spy Club, which is the game that I'm reviewing for you today, is really the main event of that. Uh, We played a few fillers here and there, but the main event, the big thing that we got to play, which was really fun, is Spy Club. And I'll talk about that a little later on when I do the drive-by review. But um, so these projects that I, I we we were doing, and I want to talk about real quick, it, some of them were were dirty work. Like it's there's that whole what was it, dirty jobs? You know, Micro had that that series for a long time. Is it still on? I don't. I don't know. I don't watch like broadcast TV or cable TV. Like if it doesn't stream, I don't <laughs> watch it that much. But anyway, so uh, you know, like I, I I did some cleaning in the pool because we got to close it up because cold weather's here practically. And I spent today actually up in the attic of our garage. We've got this detached like three car garage. And over one portion of it, there's an attic that's got some great storage space that we don't use at all because it's just been really dirty up there. So I spent, uh, I don't know, an hour or two up there cleaning that. And, you know, sometimes there's just dirty work that needs to be done. And I was thinking about that because if you look at like movies, like, oh, these gangsters, oh, I see so-and-so's not doing his own dirty work, right? Uh there's this idea that like dirty work, you can't do it. You shouldn't, you know, it's, it's gross. It make it cough and wheeze. Like <laughs> I'm breathing so much dust and grime and stuff today. Like I've been wheezing all day and blowing black things out of my nose. But I, to me, I've always looked back when I've had to do like a dirty job, like something that was really hard or gross or whatever. Like, one, you get this great story out of it. You can be like, oh man, I did this thing. And you know, you just kind of, you know, compare notes with people that have done other gross things. But it, there's this character that's built out of that, you know, like this work, work ethic that kind of grows out of it. And I try to tell that to my boys all the time. Like, no, listen, 
do this. It's good character building and it's good for you. Um, so anyway, I, I just brought that up because I think, uh, I think a lot of people try to side sidestep the dirty work and yes, is it easy to pay somebody to do that stuff or whatever, but come on, man, I don't know. Just be a hard worker. I'm all about work ethic. I'm all about putting in the hard work and you know, if it's something that either a, you're going to, you know, it's just needed or there's a really cool goal goal on the other side of it. That's awesome. If it's something that you love, but there just happens to be a lot of hard work involved. That's also awesome. You know, like enjoy the work of doing things that are going to get you where you're going because that is there. It's so much more fulfilling than kind of taking the shortcut. I don't know. Maybe you disagree with that. Maybe you think, no, look, get there as fast as you can do whatever you can to get around having to work hard or, you know, get your hands dirty. Maybe you're, you're totally on that, that train. And I I'm, I'm willing to listen to those arguments. So let's talk about it. You can always hit me up at theology of games at gmail.com or tweet at us at theology of games, or uh, we'll have a discussion going on in the Facebook group, theology of games group. So there it is. There's a little bit of the word on the street mixed in with real talk, mixed in with stuff that's going on. I don't know. Um, Anyway, that's what's been going on this last week. And I think since I teased it so well a little bit ago, why don't we go ahead and talk about Spy Club? Whoa! Hey, everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. All right, so if you go uh, two, three episodes back, a few episodes back, you will hear an interview with my good friend Randy Hoyt of Foxtrot Games. He started Foxtrot Games, uh, gosh, probably four years ago, five years ago, somewhere back then with a little game, well, not so little game called Relic Expedition, Expedition, which isn't actually a word. It's actually Relic Expedition. And uh, we got to preview that game. We put together a print and play that he sent us the files for. We talk about that in that interview. But then the finished product is great. It's this awesome exploration, like Indiana Jones kind of game. And love that game. It's a lot of fun. I still have it in my collection. My kids loved it. Um, we've. We, it's just. It. It'll always be in my collection. It's a great game. So uh, Foxtrot recently, in, in the last few years, kind of combined forces with Renegade Games. So you know Renegade from things like uh, what is the the library game, <laughs> Ex Librum, Librum, or. I don't know. I can't say it, uh, but there's, you know, they've got some cool games and, um, Foxtrot has been sort of just plugging away, releasing games alongside with them. Uh, you know, there's, there's safety in numbers. We see a lot of that happening now. Like there's a lot of these indie, uh, game studios that are 
are combining forces like indie boards and cards and uh, stronghold just merged and I think there's somebody else as a part of that so there's all these different game studios starting to merge because Asmodee got came big and now that's like the thing to do anyway I say all that to say Foxtrot still puts out great games uh, Randy is doing a really good job of curating which games they release and Spy Club is actually one of Randy, he and uh, Jason Kingsley co-designed this game. And uh, I'm going to tell you about it because I think you'll you'll enjoy it. So Spy Club is cooperative. You get to play with your friends uh, or family or loved ones or whoever may be playing with you. So it's good for two to four players. Uh, the box says it's like a 45-minute game. We played, I'd say probably around that. There's a, you know, add some time if you're learning it for the first time. But for the most part, you'll you'll be in that 45 minute mark. The game plays. So the basic gameplay is fairly simple. Everybody has three clue cards that are double sided. So they have a color on either side and it'll be, you know, it'll be a motive. It'll be a crime. It'll be a suspect, a location. There's five different aspects to this crime and each of those are sort of unique. Like it, it's, well, it's not like super unique. Like one's like the troublemaker and one's like the cafe. And so it's these different things that go along with whatever it is that it, the aspect that it is, right? So you have three cards in front of you. You have a sort of a player board that has these three spots for you to put these cards you have a focus token and that's kind of the area it shows like the area of the the crime that you're focusing on right now. And that basically in the gameplay, if you are focused on a certain type of aspect that allows you on your turn to interact with other players eat more easily uh, who are also focused on that same color of aspect, that same aspect of the the crime. So you, there's things like you can give them idea tokens, which are uh, things that you use to do things <laughs> that's super descriptive things that you use to do things. Uh, <laughs> it's basically a way that you pay to, to play other cards in different places or to gain cards. You can play, pay idea tokens. They also come out of the game when the suspect does certain things. So that kind of becomes an in-game condition. If there's not any more idea tokens to leave the game, then you lose, uh, so there's that focus token, there's idea tokens that everybody has. And basically the central board has a couple different things going on. There's five spots that you can put cards into. And if you get five cards of all the matching color, then you solve that aspect and you go, oh, it was so-and-so, or it happened at such and such a place, or it was this. Uh, from there, then those clear out. There's a way that you pick because there's these movement cards and it has a symbol that will match one of the spots that the cards are in. And you say, oh, boom, it was this one because it matches the movement card of the suspect at the same time. I'm really like going round in circles with this. (laughs) But the game moves pretty, pretty easily. The goal of the game is to solve all five of the aspects of the game, of the the crime. So you do that, and then you discover what the crime is, who did it, why they did it, and so forth. And on each turn, you have three actions that you can take out of four options. Basically, what you can do with on your turn is you can investigate, which means you can flip any of the cards in your hand over because they may that'll change the color. So you may get the color that you're trying to work on 
because you don't know what's on the back side of them because they're laying flat in front of you. So you can investigate and flip them over. You can shift your focus so you can put that focus token somewhere else because that might help you, uh, you know, with these teamwork things that we'll talk about in a little bit with another player. Um, also, th- the other thing you can do is you can confirm, which means you take one of your cards from your hand and you put it into the middle. But if that focus token is on the card that you put in the middle, then it's free to do that every space away from the focus token that the card you want to move up into the center is you have to pay those idea tokens. And then you can also scout, which is paying idea tokens to take cards from sort of a a table of of like a, a market row of cards that is out. So think, uh, think like, uh, I don't know for, lack of a better term, like a deck builder, when there's a row of cards, they all have like a money value, like zero to two. And you pay that value and then you can draw those cards into your hand and you can, um, you know, then you can do whatever with them depending on what actions you have left. You get to take three actions on your turn of those four options doing as many of one or, you know, any combination, you can do multiple actions of the same action as well. You can, the teamwork thing you can do when you uh, are sharing the same focus as another player, uh, that allows you to compare notes, which basically means you can trade cards, which is very helpful because you might need like two more cards up in the center to solve one of the aspects. And it's going to be like two or three turns before another player actually has the cards to do it so you could trade those cards right then and then boom you can put them up and you're good to go the other thing you can do is you can get advice which means you can take tokens uh the idea of tokens from one of your friends as well so that's how the game plays on your turn then there's a card that happened that comes off of a deck that shows the movement of the suspect there's a suspect token that moves around the the table in front of your cards and wherever it lands whatever color that is that triggers something not so good that happens like removing idea tokens from the game uh discarding cards from the trade row that's up on the top you can advance there's a an escape token on the board that kind of moves you towards end game. Sometimes it'll make that move up an extra one. So there's all these things that happen where the suspect moves. And then those movement cards also tell you if you move the escape token, uh, which can be more than one on a turn. Sometimes it's none, which is great, but sometimes it's more. So that's the basic gameplay of the game now the cool thing is is that this game is somewhat of a legacy game they call it a mosaic game you're supposed to kind of play a campaign of five different games so you would play five games in a row you know solving all these aspects but as you go along the cool thing is is that you start off you, there's two cards that you're told to take out of the campaign deck. There's these two giant, like almost 100 cards, I think, in each deck that are these campaign decks. And you pull these two out. It tells you, okay, like the one says, after you solve an one aspect of a crime, 
flip this card over and you flip it over and it tells you to do something. And the other one says, after you solve this crime, flip this one over. And then it'll tell you to take cards, certain cards out of the deck and then use those. And they all do really cool things. I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but they, they alter the way the game plays for that turn or that round or that particular game. Uh, there's some really, really cool ones. I haven't, I, I have only scratched the surface on these, but this is what really sort of makes the game click in a cool twist of a way because the gameplay itself is fun. It's strategic. Uh, it, it definitely makes you work together. There's a lot of player synergy because you're thinking about who's got what cards. Are, are we going for this certain card? color are we going for this one some of them are more common than others so we can wait for you know there's a lot of there's just a lot of really good teamwork moments in this game but where it really starts to like come together and you you get a little bit of that excitement because there's twists that come because oh we did this now okay let's flip this card and see what happens we don't know what's going to happen we don't know if there's more cards coming out of the campaign deck we don't know you know, if it's going to cause the suspect to escape very quickly or retreat or there's just crazy things that happen. And it's really, really fun because of that. So they call it a mosaic game. Like I said, you're supposed to kind of play these five games in a row to make this campaign. Uh, But the cool thing is, is depending on what goes on in the game, I'm trying to say this in a way that doesn't give away much, but say uh, I'll give one very brief example. It'll, it'll ask you like the name of a card that you solved or is on the table or is somewhere. And then there's a chart and it'll say, okay, if the first letter of that is within this range or that range or this range, then go pull this card and then, or pull this card. So there's, it's never the same because you may play the same set, you know, that same card, but then you solve a different card. So it, it tells you to go take another card out of the campaign deck than the one that I pulled out of the campaign deck when I played the same part of that campaign card. So it's very, very cool like that because it's, there's some replay value in it in that you could put them all back together and cards will come out in different order and you may recognize a card, but you don't know when it's coming out. It's not like, oh, this is going to happen next because I just walked through the game again. But it's it's very cool. There's I'm like I said, I've only scratched the surface. My boys loved it. The other thing that was cool that we really enjoyed was that um, you you name your characters. There's a sheet of stickers. Yeah, there's character cards. You slap a sticker on, you write a name on it. And so we had a lot of fun naming our characters. Of course, my one son, Cooper, named his character Pikachu because he's obsessed with Pokemon right now. Uh, I and then Xavier named his kid Bike Mike because his character was riding on a bike and he had some story that he came up with. And so we had fun with that. This game is really fun. I think... If you want something that you can experience, especially with your family, like your kids, something, you know, that you're going to have these stories to tell, you're going to be able to have these cool memories of when certain cards came out and just blew your mind how they affected the game and how they changed how things were working. 
that's where this game is really, really valuable because it's an experience that you're going to walk through with your family, with your kids. I mean, even with your game group, don't get me wrong. The gameplay is great and it's fun and I totally would recommend it for gamers. I think it's a lot of fun, but I think it really shines if you want to have those moments with your kids and you kind of have this whole story that you guys played through and things that that came out and and changed the game and you all experienced that surprise and that intrigue together. So that's where, like I said, I think this one really shines and I really can't wait to play it again and can't wait to, uh, you know, find out what more of these cards do and what comes out and and what shocks us and what surprises us and what infuriates us maybe. So that is, that is spy club. That's, those are my thoughts on it. I think you would really enjoy it. If you're into co-op games, it definitely has a cooler, unique feel than most co-op games that I've played. It's not your typical, you know, go to this area of the board and try to clear it out or, uh, you know, there's there's a very unique feel to the me- the mechanisms of the game in terms of co-op play, and like I said, it's it's fun. It's got this cool campaigny legacy feel to it, and I think it's a great great experience to experience with your your friends, your close friends, or your family. It's something that'll be really really fun to get into. So go check it out. That's Spy Club from Foxtrot Games. Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames. All right, that's going to do it for yet another episode of That's How I Roll. Let me know what you think. Did you like how I kind of re- reconfigured everything? Uh, at the beginning of the show with word on the street, giving you the cold open before we got to the theme. I'd love to know these things. They're super helpful when I get feedback. I love it when people do that. Don't forget to uh, vote on your favorite moment, your favorite episode of the first 100. You can do that by heading over uh, to our Facebook page. I'll post some stuff on social media. I've got some links to send out, but I, I listed those off in an episode a few episodes ago, a few weeks ago, uh, maybe last week. No, two weeks ago, I believe it was. Anyway, whatever. Go check it out. Uh, stay attention. Pay attention to the socials. I'll make sure to tweet links to that. I'd love to know what our top episode was over the years. So hit us up with that. And uh, don't forget our Patreon page and our contest for Tower of Madness. And I'm going to get out of here because my voice is trashed from all the dust and grime that I breathed in today. But before we go, I must remind you, I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and drive safe.